Welcome to the podcast, Fatherhood, Perspectives on Righteous, Intentional Parenting, where two guys discuss and explore the challenges of parenting. They share their experiences, ideas, and perspectives as they search for ways to be better sons, husbands, and dads. Here are the hosts, Joseph Winkle and Taylor Greenhall. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you doing today? I am great. How are you doing today, Taylor? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited to talk to you today. I've had a recurring story from my past come up in my mind a few times this week, and I thought this would be a fun thing to talk about, so I wanted to share that with you. Uh, This probably happened six years ago, six or seven years ago. I was at the home improvement store, the local home improvement store, and I remember I was buying four things, and I found all the things I needed. I took them up to the cash register, and I set them on the little table there. And the man who was helping me scanned three of them and gave me a total. And I had noticed that he had missed the fourth thing. So I informed him, and he didn't believe me at first. He said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And he checked it against his screen and realized that I was correct. So he scanned the fourth item and gave me a new total. And as I was paying him and he was putting all my stuff in the bags, he said, you know, you could have walked out of here with a free item and nobody would have ever known. And my response to him, which at the time I thought was kind of in jest, kind of a joking response, as I said, I said, that's true, but then I would never be able to look my mother in the eye. And again, I thought I was joking until his response was, isn't that, isn't that true? And then he proceeded to tell me a story of how he was recently golfing and found a wallet that had quite a bit of cash in it. And when he picked it up and looked for, was looking for identification, he noticed the cash. And his immediate temptation was, you could take all that cash, and when you turn this wallet into the clubhouse or wherever, you could tell them that you found a wallet with no money in it, and no one would ever know. The same scenario. And his the immediate response in his mind to that temptation was, but what would your mother say? So while I was really trying to get a laugh out of him, his response made me realize there's more truth to my lighthearted response than I initially thought. And as I've been pondering that experience this week, I thought, man, that is so true. My mother has had such a profound influence on my life. I thought it would be fun to talk about the the women in our lives and how that affects our parenting and how it influences our parenting. So I thought it'd be cool to talk to do an episode today on motherhood. And it's taking nothing away from fathers out there, but I just think they deserve the respect and admiration that I have for the two women in my life, my mother and my wife that influenced me so much. Well, that's a great story. I love uh, where your head went, like I said, even though it was more humorous and, and that he connected with that. I, As you were telling the story about the store, I would think, well, I I would know, you know, right. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to look myself in the eye or God knows all things. And so, um, but I love that that's the connection you make with your mom and I couldn't agree more. The The chance to, for us to take, you know, again, we focus a lot on fatherhood because that's just where we come from. Right. Uh, but, of course, uh, it's in, in two parents working together that much of the magic happens in raising children and, of course, let alone our relationships. I'm grateful for uh, my own mother. Uh, was the only boy in uh, five children, so I have two older sisters, two younger sisters. And, you know, boys and their mothers have special relationships. And one thing she always said to me was, well, if God only gave me one son, he gave me the best. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry to break that to you and Jim, but uh, I guess I'll take that. 
<laughs> that title, best son ever. Uh, for, certainly according to my mom, as, as most moms would be. I think about in my life, you know, my father was a firefighter. He was, uh, he would work a, a 24 hour shift to be home for 24 hours. He would often be during his home time recovering from being up all night. So my most uh, common memory of my father at home was laying on the couch <laughs> asleep, recovering from work with the remote in his hand, guaranteed the only way to wake him up would be to change the channel. <laughs> so magically he would know uh, what had happened. So very much for me, my mother was there to, uh, for sure, nurture me, uh, teach me, and, and to teach me of faith. She had great faith, and it was, it's was it been a great blessing to me. So I, I think it was a great subject to talk about today. Absolutely. I get teased sometimes. I'm really a mama's boy. I My mother and I are so similar that it just created a bond that is so strong and the rite of passage for my wife to become the most important woman in my life was one of significance for me. And an interesting conversation I had with my mother, I'd met my wife, we'd started dating and became engaged to be married. And when I had called my mom to tell her, my mom said, I know that this is the right decision for you. I said, oh, really? How do you know that? And she said, because you don't call me every day anymore. <laughs> and my immediate emotion with sadness and I thought oh, I'm breaking this bond that's been so strong between my mother and I and my mom explained to me in her wisdom that she has so many other times throughout my life she said no this is a good thing this this woman is becoming the most important woman in your life and she's going to be the mother of your children so you should be talking to her more than you talk to me so it was a struggle because I I did feel like well, am I losing something with my mom with my mother but what I have gained in my wife and seeing her become a mother has been so rewarding and so fascinating to me. I will argue that women are superheroes. They have superpowers. And I love, I love it when science backs up things that we believe. We talk about this bond between not just a mother and a son, but also just a mother and their children. I've told a little bit of the story of our oldest son, William. Uh, being a little bit premature and having some really peculiar healthcare issues and spending quite a few months in the hospital when we were, when he was first born. One of the things that the nurses and doctors would invite us to do is called skin to skin contact. It's good for development and growth and also creating a bond. So they would encourage both of us to have this experience with our son. So I would always start out and after about 20 minutes, I'd be sweating like I was sitting in a sauna and I would be uncomfortable. My son would be, I could tell was uncomfortable because he wasn't sleeping soundly. He'd be moving and wiggling around and I'd hold out for as long as I could, but usually I'd make it about 30 or 45 minutes and I'd say, I got to stop here because I cannot, I can't, you know, I'm sweat running down my face. My son's uncomfortable. And then my wife would take over and my son would nestle up to her and sleep peacefully for three or four hours. And at first I was kind of jealous. I was wondering, am I doing something wrong? What is it about me that my son doesn't like that he loves about his mother? And I was explaining some of these concerns to one of the nurses that was helping us. And she said, why this is happening is because when a mother holds their child, their body, the mother's body, will automatically regulate its temperature to make sure that the child is at their highest level of comfort. It doesn't happen with fathers. 
that it happens with mothers. And she said, that's why your wife can hold your son for three or four hours and they can both be completely comfortable. And after 20 minutes of you holding him, you're both sweating and uncomfortable and moving around to try to get comfortable. And I just thought, how fascinating is that? That without even trying and maybe not even knowing, there might be some others out there that don't even realize that, but there's this power and this ability to make your child feel completely comfortable. And as my children have grown older, I've seen that not in the same way, but in the interactions with my wife and my kids, I've seen how she has this seems to me like a magical ability to relate to my kids, to make them understand things that I just watch her and I go, man, that's amazing. I never would have thought of that. It is. It's incredible. Um, and it's a gift. You know, as, as we grow up with our own mothers, there's that beautiful connection and, and that just that safe place. And as you get married and, and you're able to create a family with your wife, you just have a completely different perspective of, uh, for me, the sacrifices you know, that a, a woman makes literally gives everything that they are and have to their children. I've mentioned before, it took us quite a while to be able to have children. And so for those seven years that we were trying to have kids and not able to, it was incredibly difficult for my wife to manage that. She had a lot of feelings of, uh, you know, really a failure or, or not being able to do what she was placed here to do. And I think it's, worth taking a moment to say, I mean, during that time, we did um, some proctor care, worked with kind of at-risk youth. We were both educators at the time and even were in the process of, of looking at adoption. And I've had a number of friends who were adopted. I've had uh, friends and family members who have placed kids with adoptive homes. And being a mother, is it's about what you're providing. It's not about the biology. And as I think of this beautiful stepmoms out there and and adoptive mothers, I, I think that that bond and that sacrifice and that willingness to give everything to your children is just, it is motherhood. That is the, the thing that it is. And I think of of my wife, you know, she had, we had seven kids in nine years. And so for 10 years, she was either pregnant or nursing. And there's not a man out there that would survive that right. type of a schedule. But she she did very well with that. And going to a store with five kids under the age of five while I was at work, and it's just incredible to think how we survived that stage and mostly how she survived it. Just It is amazing what women can do and, and what our children receive from them. There's a great power in womanhood as you describe that. You know, I think it's very appropriate to, of you to mention that through circumstances, not everybody gets to be a mother, and that's sad and unfortunate, but I think it's innate within, you know, we probably should be saying womanhood instead of motherhood because there are ways that you can still demonstrate that compassion, those abilities that are innate, I think, with women. A perfect example of that for me is my own aunt, my dad's sister. She, through circumstances, never had children of her own, and um, yet she was that type of person to me and my brothers and my sister. Uh, in our religion, there's an opportunity for young adults before they're married to serve missions for two years and go to a different part of the country or a different part of the world. And my brothers and I, all three of us did this. And when we did, my aunt was so selfless in her 
helping us prepare for that. We, we have to wear certain types of clothes. She would take us to buy all those clothes. And once we were out there, out on our missions, two or three times a week, we'd get cards or letters or notes that just really lifted us up. Uh, for me, the mission experience was a tough time in many cases. And I often looked for those uh, letters or notes or packages for my aunt as something that gave me strength. And as I look back on it now, I think that's exactly what a mother would have done. And I don't know if she realized that that's how she was acting. I think it was just an unconscious decision that she did to care and to build and to lift me up. And it was something that I'll forever be grateful for. And it's a strong relationship that I have with her still to this day. That's a great example of this concept of, of womanhood and, and motherhood and how, uh, you know, like they say, it takes a village to raise a child and whatever people's circumstances are. I mean, these days, uh, I mean, I think of even my own children. Uh, my oldest is 20. My youngest is 11. And, you know, kids don't even date anymore uh, very often. And I, what I notice is a lot of great, amazing young women looking for these men, you know, young men to show up that want to have a relationship and, and, and even start families. And it's becoming more and more difficult. So I think it's great for people to understand, you know, you don't have to have your own children to express that divine motherhood within you. I think of my maternal grandmother, who um, I was the, the grandparent I had the biggest connection with and how she was so consistent throughout my life. She wrote birthday cards to every one of her kids, grandkids, great-grandkids until she passed away at about 90 years old. And just knowing of her kind and gentle nature and that, that for as rarely as I spent time with her, I was on her mind uh, was a, a great strength to me. But I think these days we live in a world where motherhood has really been debased and made to sound like a second option. I worked in education for a number of years as an academic advisor, and I'd be working with high school age students. And as we were prepping them for their career and, and uh, their class coursework and even into going into college, very often I'd have a young woman sit down and I'd say, well, as we look to college next year, you know, what are your interests? And what do you see yourself doing for career or something you'd be interested in? And inevitably, I would get a number of, of the girls who would say, well, I don't know. I, you know, really, honestly, I, I, I kind of just want to be a mom. And thought the word just, that's kind of the nature of our society as we're raising this next generation of mothers that somehow a career or, you know, the kind of the treasures of the world, the, the success that the world interprets is somehow overshadowed the power of motherhood. I mean, literally, I mean, the, the saying goes, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Mothers raise the people who run this earth. You think of the incredible people that we honor. Uh, we think of uh, that have invented things or led nations and they had mothers who raised them to be those men and women who did those amazing things. So I think one of the responsibilities we have as men and fathers is to protect and to continue to honor motherhood. 
and recognize its vital role and continue to to put that narrative out there for our children, for communities, for countries that we recognize that it's the role of a mother, a nurturer, um, a teacher, a guide that is the most important role. You know, we get to be a part of that role as fathers. I would agree completely. And as I've been thinking about this, you think, well, motherhood is the thankless job, right? I've been thinking a lot today about my father-in-law. We talked about him with my wife on this podcast today, I believe is the 11th anniversary of his passing. So it's something that's been on my wife's mind, definitely. And uh, my mind a little bit as well. And one thing that my wife said that I thought was interesting when we talked to her was uh, when her father met my mother-in-law, who had two children from a previous marriage, some of his friends were saying, well, are you concerned about that, about what she's been up to? She has two kids. And he said, no, I know exactly what she's been up to. She's been raising those kids the best she can. And that was the most important thing to him. Sometimes I have come home from work or something, and I can tell immediately in walking in the door that my wife has had a rough day. And maybe a list of things that she wanted to accomplish didn't get accomplished because our children had to take the priority from her. And I'd see often look on her face like she didn't get anything accomplished. But for me, I was the most proud because I knew that our kids were a priority to her. And I've told her a thousand times, I've never been more attracted to my wife than I am when I see her as a mother, when I see her raising our kids in righteousness, when I see her being a good example to our kids. And I think I need to do a better job of making that a thankful job for my wife, where she understands how much I, as a father of those children, appreciate her and the influence that she is to my children. I think that's a great point. You know, my, my wife, because of our years not being able to have children, uh, she got her degree and then a master's degree. She was an elementary teacher and an amazing teacher. And I remember clearly those first few years of school, and she'd be putting in, you know, 13-hour days at the school. She, she taught at first grade, and there's a lot of prep, a lot of physical work. And I would come pick her up at lunchtime, and she'd come out, you know, with this kind of kids everywhere. We'd grab a quick lunch, and as I'd bring her back, the kids would rush to the gate, and uh, and they would follow her in like this uh, hen with a bunch of chicks around yeah. her. And they'd be hugging her legs and like, oh, we're so glad you're back. And I'm like, she's been gone for 20 minutes, you know, like, really? is <laughs> no one? I don't walk into my job and have a bunch of people hug me and, and, and say they're glad that I'm back. But, you know, when she became a mother, she worked, you know, she it was a 24-7, not 13 hours a day. And, and how many thank yous do you think our kids, they just don't know. They don't understand that the sacrifice is being handed to them daily because it's all they know. Yeah. And and again, what a great opportunity for us as husbands and fathers to to make a point of thanking our wives. I am grateful that, you know, we might be sitting down to a meal and now it'll be one of our children that initiate. Thanks, mom. This is great. Right. And then, yeah. of course, it's all. And now I find I'm sometimes the last person to say <laughs> thank you. So I guess we may be doing something right. But yes, absolutely. You know, if there's one thing a husband or father could do to better support their wife is just openly express their gratitude for that role that they're feeling. And, and of course, it goes both ways. Women that you know, appreciate their husband's uh, efforts and work and sacrifices, yeah. and 
teaching is it makes for a great marriage when you appreciate each other and your kids get to see that is really important. Yeah, it's often a cruel irony, I think, that we as children of parents don't often realize the sacrifices they made or the reasons behind the decisions that they made until we're older and out of the house. There's been quite a few times where I've gone to my mother and my parents and said, hey, remember this thing or this rule that you had that I thought was so unfair? Well, now as a parent, I'm completely grateful for that rule. So uh, it is one of those things that sometimes you just feel like you endure. I laughed when you told the story of your wife at the school and the kids following you around and you're going, well, what about me? I'm here too, you know? And uh, Oftentimes after we put our children to bed, they'll call out for mom and she'll be busy or or gone to the store or with friends or something and I'll step in the room and I'll say, hey, mom's busy. Is there something I can help you with? And the answer is, nope, we need mom for this one. <laughs> and I said, well, you're not nursing, so I'm trying to figure out what else mom can do that I can't do. And I said, well, um, I'll let her know. Can I tell her what you need? And then when she's available, she can do that for you. And they'll say something like, oh, I just need a glass of water. And so I think, well, even <laughs> mom even gets water better than dad does. But um, I think that is a tie to this bond that's created through that power that mothers have. And this has been a fun conversation. And as I walk away from it, I feel like the thing that I'm learning the most and I'm motivated to do better is, is honor my wife. I want my kids to grow up. I have two boys, no daughters, but two sons. I want my sons to grow up knowing how they should treat uh, a woman, the woman that's going to be the most important woman in their life. And, and then any woman in general after that as well, on top of that, but they deserve the respect. They deserve our honor. And, and so that's the way I'm going to strive to live my life. My life is so that my kids can see me honoring their mother. That's a great uh, story with your kids. Just I saw something online where it was a father and his little tiny daughter, just probably three or four years old. And, and uh, he was doing something with her and she stopped and she just said, I love you, dad. And he's like, Oh, thank you, dear. And she said, Oh, but not as much as mom. And he's like, yeah, okay, I get it. And it is, it just shows, again, uh, both roles have their place, but I think it's important that we continue to remind people of the, the value of mothers in a society, the key to a society, and that we, we do our best to teach our children to honor them. And like I, so I have three daughters, and my hope for any of them is that they, have the opportunity to experience the blessing of of being a mother and what it means to to bring children into this earth. Actually, the other day, I said, when was the happiest time of our marriage? We've been married uh, 28 years. When was the happiest time for you in our marriage? Because now we're at this different stage where our kids are, are moving on and uh, things are you know a little, a little strange and, and changing. And she says, you know, when we were when we were having children, was probably my greatest joy. And she talked about partnering with Heavenly Father to bring these spirits to earth and and then raising them up and raising them up to Him, you know, to, to know who they are, that they are children of God, that they are loved, that there's a plan for them, and that she is that key key role in that. And uh, I thought that was really profound. Yeah. as she talks about her life, because there's been all different kinds of her life. We've had that time where it was just us, and we were young and healthy and, and both working professionals, and we had uh, just a lot of discretionary income, and and we could do anything we want. You know, we could uh, we could travel. We could uh, 
you know, we had all the freedom and flexibility that people cherish so much now. But I can honestly say that our lives don't even feel like they started for us until we started having children. And whatever joy and fun we had prior to that, which was an important part of the process, pales in comparison. I see younger generations now, you know, getting married later and then having children later, I think is a way to to make sure they really enjoy their time without those responsibilities. And I just, I just wonder sometimes, you know, if they're not uh, sacrificing something great for something lesser. It is fun though. And I, I had a nephew who just had his first child and he's in his late twenties and they've been trying for a while. And, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about being a father, but seeing him with his little boy now, he is a different person. And his level of joy is, there's no comparison to times before that. So I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you had this thought that we could talk about motherhood, that we could take a minute and honor our mothers and, and of course, our wives and, and that we could just, you know, put that out there of the the beauty and the divine role of motherhood in on this earth and in our lives and in God's plan. Absolutely. Something I'm, those relationships are something I'm definitely not going to take for granted. So I think this is a perfect spot to wrap up this conversation. Joe, thank you so much for your insight and allowing me to share some of these fun stories that I've had. And definitely thank you so much to everyone who listens to our podcast. We are honored to have you as our listeners and Hope that you enjoy these episodes and would invite you to uh, subscribe and to share this podcast. Have a great day. We are so glad you could join in on the podcast, Fatherhood, Perspectives on Righteous, Intentional Parenting. You can find us on all the best podcast sites. Please subscribe and share. And be a part of the conversation by sharing your ideas, posing questions, and making suggestions. Drop us a line at fatherhoodperspectives at gmail.com. That's one word, fatherhoodperspectives at gmail.com. This segment was recorded and engineered by Jim Fugate. The music for this podcast was provided by thepodcasthost.com and Alitu, the podcast maker. Find your own free music over at thepodcasthost.com slash free music.